Hello, and welcome to Half Blind Hecklers episode 60. Hello, yes, my friends. We did make it to 60. Ugh, it's been exhausting. Just so exhausting. Well, not that exhausting, I hope. Talk about but lockdowns, we, not the, talk about, geez, yeah, the lockdowns. Take, take things totally out of context. My gosh. Yeah. See, this is what lockdowns do to you. You just you get so sensitive and pretty <laughs> much pretty soon you're reading into th people's like actual statements. Like, Stephen, you need to get out more. Seriously, you need to get out. <laughs> I walk like every day. Love you, man. Love you. <laughs> anyways, anyways. Keep so, going, keep going. Bring it back. Yeah, bring it back. Bring it back. back, back bring it back. No more squirrels. Reasonable and on topic. On topic. <laughs> so, first thing we're gonna talk about. We're gonna talk about the impeachment of Donald Trump. And it's like six days until the end of his term. And hey, totally useless like deflections. Yep. What we think, because it's just silly. Then we're gonna talk about We think it's silly why <laughs> the purge of conservatives and the big tech censorship is happening. Oh, with their heads. Yep. Then we're gonna talk about Literally. Christine Nome, the South Dakota governor, and she yep. her call for a ban on Down syndrome abortion. Oh, she's the best. I know. I'm hoping that she eventually re responds to my "Will you marry me?" Uh, you know, like e emails and, <laughs> and letters and all married. that. So... Oh, but you know what? You know, I she she like if she if she needs a second opinion, I I am the one. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so we're gonna have a chat about the sanctity of marriage. <laughs> <laughs> we're also gonna have a talk about like comedic, like you know, like value here, man. Come on. Come on. Okay. Okay. Keep going. Next one. Next thing. Canadian, a bunch of different Canadian stories about interprovincial travel bans. Let's talk about Canada. About fines. About which are not fines. Search and seizures. Which are definitely not fine. About private versus public health care, and less enhancements. Maybe fine. <laughs> Keep going. And Jesus, then we're going to like, talk about the you lockdown. You don't know how to roll with things. My goodness. I'm trying. But, oh, my gosh, Danny. I'm trying on, to become. Uh, fine. Anyways. You want to make these like segments informative, but also entertaining. So that's what I'm here for. That's true. Let's go. That's true. We thank the one who can see for showing up and <laughs> thank me for putting up with him. <laughs> <laughs> I make this fun. That's what, yes, I, that's what I'm here do. for. You do. <laughs> All right. So, as many of you know, yesterday, on Wednesday, January 13th, the House in the United States, House Democrats, drafted an article of impeachment against President Trump. And they voted in favor of it, even though there's only six days remaining in Trump's presidency. Mm -hmm. And they called for a swift and immediate impeachment. Uh, the Senate... As, and Mitch McConnell, who's still the head of the Senate, has said that they will not reconvene to address this until the 19th. Which is like the day that Trump's out of office. Pretty much. So, mm -hmm. uh, is it legitimate to have an impeachment for somebody who is no longer the president? Well, so, I, I think, <laughs> I, I think, okay, I, I think you should at least first start. By why what's the point? Yes. What's okay. the point? Okay. Maybe you should start with that. Well, you like, can. You what can... do what? <laughs> what do um, Democrats gain from getting an impeachment? Other than just like the feels. Yeah. They gain the feels. They gain the 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 self righteous indignation 
of mm-hmm. we did it. We impeached the <laughs> fascist who's not really a fascist and it's only in our minds, but we did it. We impeached him twice because he's just that, that bad. He's terrible. <laughs> Ugh, like awful. Okay, okay. So I think <laughs> what you should do here, like do me a favor, go to um, uh, scroll down to just under where it says Pelosi's, uh, Pelosi says lawmakers moving forward. Um, okay, so at the, at the part it says, I'm while holding an impeachment trial, Maybe, maybe yours is different. So while holding there, there, we right go. there, while holding an impeachment trial for someone who has already gone from office may seem yeah. unproductive, it could strip Trump of post-presidency That's benefits. Yeah. And here's the big part: prohibit and him. prohibit him from ever running again. Yeah. So right there, that little little statement right there, that is the big gun because Trump yeah. has said. If he if he if loses he this election, he'll run back. again in twenty twenty four. Yes, that's kind of the big hidden agenda. Yeah, that there, is the agenda. That's true. Yeah, like, so. and whether it's legal or not, it's so like as it says, it remains clear as to whether such a trial could even legally take place. Constitution doesn't address this issue because this is crazy. Mm-hmm. And law experts, of course, are split. Uh, Alan Dershowitz, who is no fan of the president, says mm-hmm. the answer is no. Specifically says the president shall be removed from office among impeachment, because that's what impeachment mm-hmm. means. Mm-hmm. Therefore, you argue that Senate's jurisdiction is lit- limited to a sitting president, barring the possibility of a trial. Mm-hmm. Uh, insists that the Senate trial will not happen regardless of when the House votes to impeach Trump, which they did, claiming the Senate mm-hmm. rules would prevent a trial from starting until 1 p.m. on January 20th, which would be mm-hmm. one hour after he leaves office. Yeah, I don't think they understand what impeachment actually means. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so, on the same program, but- of course... Marco Rubio said that once the House votes, the Senate is required to hear the matter regardless of whether the president is still in office, which mm-hmm. is just wasting the Senate's time. But then again, it is the government, and they kind it's of waste everybody's time. democratic anyway. government. They love <laughs> resources. Like, hey, we get to be on here and talk about how awesome we are? Hey. Yeah. So then we'll get to hear from all the new senators and how they feel yeah. about, oh, the Trump these legitimate people. Yeah, like this this whole thing, it's it's so entirely ridiculous. Like the mm. first impeachment, it's like it was entirely based on the Ukrainian call. And the Ukrainian mm. call, like going way back in history to 2019. So oh, yeah, so long. The Ukrainian call was basically like, "Hey, um I know that you were investigating Joe Biden cuz his son is pretty sketchy." Mm-hmm. So what's going on with that? <laughs> Like it it yeah. was not the best phone call. No. It it had some problems, but nothing in that phone call was impeachable. It was like, no. okay, Trump, you're just kind of being silly. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, oh, this is impeachable. It's like, are you insane? And then everything mm-hmm. that they brought forth in the impeachment trial was like, he said, she said garbage. Mm-hmm. It was like, you never were there. Your yeah, evidence think, is this whistleblower who doesn't exist. Yeah, the, the thing is, like, the, the Democratic Party is the best example of what happens when the media and everyone else, like, completely just nonstop repeat the same message, mm-hmm. same message every single day, yeah. nonstop. It's like, uh, I, don't, I don't know if it was Ge- Goebbels who yep, said Goebbels. it. Like, in, in, yep. I'm, not, I'm not trying to make a direct comparison, but I'm just, mm-hmm. like, the, the, the standard and the idea. The idea that Goebbels... Uh, it instituted. Well, I thought it was actually really brilliant. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't like the guy. I hate him, but 
But the, the fact that the, the strategy works, mm-hmm. which is why there's is um, is still works now, is that you, if you, it doesn't matter if you tell a lie, it's just how often you repeat the lie will determine whether or not people believe it. You know, that's really the, the big thing. So you repeat the, you repeat the same thing over and over every single day, nonstop, every single news cycle that Trump is racist, Trump yeah. is evil, Trump is the worst. Mm-hmm. People will believe it and they don't even know why. They just, yeah. like, they just, they're told this message. And so it's almost like, uh, it's a form of brainwashing mm-hmm. where you're kind of told the message so many times that it it it, uh, it, it plants itself in your subconscious. Mm-hmm. And even so, like, I think people believe that. Yeah. Well, like there was there was somebody who who asked, uh, who was it? Um, dang it, she's the deputy prime minister here in Canada, Catherine McKenna. Yep. She asked. They asked. Asked Catherine McKenna. It's like, are you sure she, it's not Christian Freeland? No, it was yeah, it was Christian Freeland. They asked yeah, Christian Freeland, and they're like. Do you really expect Canadians to like believe this stuff about the carbon tax? And she's like, as long as we print it in the media, they'll believe it. As long as we say it frequently enough, we'll believe it. And it's like, mm-hmm. what? This is how you actually think about Canadians. It's basically like we can tell them whatever they want because they'll believe it because they're a bunch of sheep. And it's like, well, well <laughs> it helps you understand how our mm-hmm. government works because yeah, our government understands. There's this political, uh, not just strategies, but also it's, it's manipulation. Yes. And they know how to use it and they know how to use it mm-hmm. well, which is so that why you don't feel, I don't feel so bad or, or so angry at people who are, um, uh, who people who believe all this stuff mm-hmm. about like Trump or people who believe all of the stuff about COVID. I'm like, they're, they're essentially victims yep, they of a very powerful propaganda machine. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I, I can kind of have a little bit of understanding because you've been told this stuff nonstop. you believe that it, there's no way it can't be true so the impeachment is a perfect example because even the democrats a lot of people in the democratic party probably believe their own their they they, they believe their own uh lies mm-hmm. they, oh yeah they, they're totally. convinced themselves of them so yeah yeah so like and going going a little bit further kind of onto the next story so like what the lies <laughs> that the democrats That's are that. saying Heck the lies I know I'm trying to get better at it. I'm not anywhere Very good near, job, though. not anywhere near to the legendary religious podcaster Michael Knowles. Uh, <laughs> His segues are just amazing. So this is so this you, is of course you set this up. Yes. What so is this? This is Don Lemon talking to Chris Cuomo. Of course, they're both anchors on CNN. And oh, by the way, by the way, look at Cuomo. He is the most intense guy. Oh. Like he, I don't think he has a friendly face. He's like the only dad talking to his. He's talking to you, but you don't know why. It's like yeah, only when writing, when having puff interviews with his brother, the governor, who killed ten thousand people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so anyway, so this is an interview. Yes. This is a conversation between the two of them, and they are talking about the people who voted for Trump and how they genuinely feel about the people who voted for Trump and their relation to the Capitol rights. So without further ado, here we go. If you voted for Trump, you voted for the person who the Klan supported. You voted for the person who Nazis support. You voted for the person who the alt-right supports. That's the crowd that you are in. You voted for the person who incited a crowd to go into the Capitol and and potentially 
take the lives of lawmakers, took the lives of police officers, took the lives of innocent lives who were there on the Capitol that day. You voted on that side. You voted on. All right. All right. So really quick. So <laughs> you need to jump on this gun quick. So really quick. For those of you who aren't familiar, this is called guilt by association. Yes. If you, it, 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 it's not even like you don't even have to like be in league with people that that are bad. They just basically make the loosest connection possible. Mm-hmm. So the connection is, oh, some some people from uh from Ku Klux Klan think you're awesome. That means that you are essentially the same as Ku Klux mm-hmm. Klan. Imagine how insane that is. And I write a book. And it turns out that some wild nut job, mm-hmm. like, you know, like lunatic, you know, buys my, like, you know, I don't know, uh, uh, what's his name? Ted Bundy yeah. buys my book. Suddenly I am, I am now mm-hmm. equal with Ted Bundy. Yeah. It, it, this is how insane mm-hmm. the idea is. Yeah. Second, second thing I wanted to mention. <laughs> he said they took the lives of five different people on Capitol Hill. Right away, that is a lie. If, if Facebook was even re- even remotely honest, that would be fact-checked, and that would be like completely like lie. Mm-hmm. Why? Because five of those people, one of them was a police officer that may be legitimate. That's yep. maybe the mo- only legitimate, like, you know. Uh, died like, because you know, of protesters. Died because of the protesters. The other ones, one of them was a woman who was shot, like, point blank by somebody inside. But for climbing through a window, and they basically executed her on the spot. That is huge. Mm-hmm. The other three are people who did not get ambulances going through because, like, of all the of all the, the rally was so big. So four of those people were actual demonstrators from the rally. Mm-hmm. These were not like, and and you know, so right away, it's a complete and total like fabrication. Then on top of that, he claims that they went in there to kill people, and that is a completely over the top, mm-hmm. completely unproven allegation. Yes, can people can people get hurt by by uncontrolled scenarios? Of course, but like let's let's be serious here. You're making complete allegations about the potential for something bad to happen, and mm-hmm. and it's again the same problem. The left likes to like say like you know oh the right is the most dangerous thing out oh, yeah. there, and I'm like yeah like but like BLM or or Antifa has never done mm-hmm. anything to cause someone's someone to die, and you've never <laughs> you never defended it. So yeah, let's go with that. Yeah, like the pretty much his entire statement was actually false. Because like yeah. if you actually think about it, it's like were there KKK were there like white supremacists who supported Biden? Heck yeah. The most prominent white supremacist in the nation, Richard mm-hmm. Spencer, supported Biden. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, well, you got, if you're going to say that about Trump, you got to also say that about Biden. It's like, white supremacist suddenly yeah. doesn't count. It's like, <laughs> yes, there are people who were involved in the Capitol riots who supported Trump. Yes, there were also violent leftists, but that's neither here nor there. But to say that every single Republican, 75 million Americans who voted for Trump, are all guilty of the Capitol riots because a very, very, very small faction participated in them is just gaslighting to the highest order. Mm-hmm. It's utterly ridiculous. It's irresponsible. Yet, it's, it's irresponsible. And of course, it's not just Chris Cuomo. It's not just uh, John Lemon. It's the entire Democratic Party. It's also Canadians. And all their allies. Like yeah. the liberals. You, t- you talk to a liberal and it's like, oh, like every conservative 
is a homophobe. Every conservative is like wants to see women in back alleys doing like coat hanger abortions. Yeah, every it's conservative like, is a racist, sexist, uh -huh. uh, everything. The, right? the names go on and on. But it's it's how the left operates in modern society. And it is exactly why Twitter and other organizations banned people like Trump. Mm -hmm. So, like, of course, last week they banned Trump. I think it was on Thursday. They yeah, No, Trump. I think it was Friday they officially banned him. Friday, yeah, Friday, yeah. because Parler was, was blocked right after them. Yeah. So according to Jack Dorsey, quote from him, I do not celebrate or feel pride in having to ban real Donald Trump from Twitter or how we got here. He I would dispute that because he made that tweet. Oh, yeah. He was like, very you know, as soon as, like, doing it. as soon as like Parler was off, it was like little heart. I'm like, you seem quite yeah, happy no. about the fact that Parler was not on there. So I dispute mm -hmm. that right away. So Twitter announced last Friday that it had permanently suspended the president's accounts um, in the wake of his supporters violently writing. Uh, he reflected that ultimately he believed that there was right decision saying offline harm as a result of online speech is demonstrably real and what drives our policy and enforcement above all. At okay. the same time, he feels that the ban is a failure on their part. Having to ban an account has real and significant ramifications, like your stock plummeting. While yeah, there are clear absolutely. and obvious exceptions, I feel a ban is a failure of ours ultimately to promote healthy conversation and a time for us to reflect on our operations and the environment around us. Shut oh, up! Oh yeah, because you you've never you you've never care. you've never smoked the fire. Be like, dance, dance, puppet dance. Tim like, Pool warned you yeah. back in 2018 that if you continue to ban accounts and censor speech you don't like, that you're not going to be promoting healthy conversation and free speech. Guess what? You continue to do it, and you don't yeah. care about healthy conversation, Jack Dorsey. You care mm -hmm. about encouraging an echo chamber of your own opinions. Yeah. And like, here's the important thing. It's like, you know, the, the word, the, the, the justification, the basis for everything from the, the, the banning of Trump mm -hmm. to the, uh, the, 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 the ousting of Parler, yeah. the whole basis, the whole foundation it's of that justification violence. was the word incitement. Yes. And here's the thing. I, I watched a video by, I don't know if you ever, anybody, anybody watches uh, Matthew Christensen. He has a great YouTube channel talks about politics. He yep. made a great point. He actually defined the, the idea of the uh, mm -hmm. excitement. Um, and he, he actually talked about a Supreme Court case that actually talks about what excitement is. And excitement is not like stating your opinion or talking mm -hmm. about how, oh, I think this is terrible. It, like the, the actual yeah, court case that he talked about. It's very specific. It's super. No, well, it, it even like the if you actually look at the actual language of the person who was involved in that court case that was like mm -hmm. deemed as free, free speech, that was so blatantly like calling for violence against their enemies, but it was still protected under free speech, but Trump is not. And so mm -hmm. no. right away you think, okay, this is ridiculous because if you actually look at the entire statement that Trump said, the entire statement actually, he actually said, now we're going to go to the, you know, to the Capitol where we're going to demonstrate peacefully and, you know, and, and use our voices, right? So he even, like, in his own speech, specifically said, we're going to be peaceful, we're going to use our voices, mm -hmm. all this kind of stuff. And if if uh, anybody was fair-minded and took mm -hmm. all of his statements in, in, um, in like, you know, as a whole, yep. it's incredibly obvious that Trump never once 
ever even even remotely in, even implied uh -huh. that people should do what they did. That was an unexpected thing. Yeah. So the the whole foundation is garbage. And it is and, garbage. And Democrats and, have done worse. No, not not even that. Not even that. If you look at the timeline of last Wednesday, do you know that when they broke into the Capitol, Trump was still speaking on the other side of Washington? <laughs> about so that? it's like these people weren't even listening to Trump. They were already mm -hmm. at the Capitol. And then Trump mm -hmm. did not march with them to the Capitol because the Secret Service pulled him away because there was violence happening. Yep. So if you actually look at the entire concept, Trump was not responsible for what happened to the Capitol at all. Mm -mm. It was entirely other actors. And yet he was the one that they placed all the blame on. But anyways, and, the and, and like they they've done this all, like all all oh, summer. Yeah. The Democrats, like you can make an extremely strong case that the Democrats are directly responsible for for the George Floyd riots yeah. and how long totally. they lasted uh -huh. because they've encouraged them. Even Kamala Harris was caught like you know, saying, bail funds. "Yeah, we're 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 gonna like you know bail you out so that you can do it more. So we're gonna take away any consequences from this so you can even even do more." So, like. It's this is why conservatives don't like the left. They're dishonest. No. Well, yeah, it's it's dishonest. And it's like conservatives do one thing. Mm -hmm. Like we have one event, which is shameful. Yeah. Everybody condemns it. Everybody looks like everybody says, no, we can't do this. Everybody says like this is affected and it's negatively affected conservatives. Mm -hmm. One event mm -hmm. and conservatives are basically marked with the same brush. And it's like, mm -hmm. oh, they're just as bad as the far left. And it's like, we do one event, you do 150, and yeah. then we're basically counted as equal? Are you insane? <laughs> no, it's even worse than that. I had a conversation online with somebody, um, and, and they were talking about, like, you know, like, oh, like, look at all these right-wing militias here mm -hmm. in Alberta. I'm like, are you kidding? Like, those the, those groups are tiny. And yeah. you're, you're, you're basically saying these are the biggest threat to Alberta. But yeah. I'm like, hold on. Like, what about the leftist violence? And they're mm -hmm. like, oh, that's what aboutism. I'm like, no, it's a legitimate point. I'm so that... tired of that. It's yeah, just like it's you're like, basically yeah. just excusing your own side because you're yeah. unwilling to take any legitimate criticism. I was talking to some of our mutual friend Chad's compatriots, and yeah. I was like, yeah, like left-wing violence is far more common and it's far more violent than anything mm -hmm. the right has done. And they're like, are you, like, the right is far more violent. And I'm like, then who, <laughs> like, I, I don't know any examples of left-wing violence and like who killed david dorn who killed like aaron such and such the guy who was executed in portland and they're like that's white aboutism i'm like you shut up <laughs> i'm like you are so okay. disingenuous here's the thing about that okay people are using and i know that the left is using that because they're they're, they're using it in the media so they're copying this is the copy oh, yeah. paste thing mm -hmm. so what aboutism let's talk about that what aboutism is a fallacy Oh, it's a it logical is. fallacy. How it works? I ask you, hey Stephen, did you eat the did you eat the cake the the last slice of cake? And you're like, oh, but you eat you eat all sorts of cake. You know how dare you? It's like mm -hmm. that's like wait, you just you're deflecting. Like they're like, yeah. oh, you're just using what aboutism now. It's like what aboutism is not. It, mm -hmm. It's not a charge you can use against your opponent. It's a It's when you're you're the one doing it. I'm like like they're like oh look at all this like uh, all these terrible conservatives. We're yeah. like, okay, well, what about, what about the, these terrible leftists? What about these, like, you know, like, uh, let's let's be equal here. It's like, yeah. oh, you're just have the same it. standard. Yeah, yeah that was what so. I asked for. I was like, okay, like, can we at least apply the same standard? 
And I'm like, yeah. if you can say that Trump was like kind of raising the temperature, potentially like causing the violence, like yeah. then you must also say that basically almost the entire Democratic Party in the United States is also guilty of the same thing. Yeah, exactly. And they're like, well, that's what aboutism. You're just caught, you're trying to like stir up tension between the right and the left. And I'm like, no, oh, I'm yeah, just yeah. saying that you We're have to use. Up tension. And I'm yeah, like, no, I'm just that. saying you have to use the same objective standard and stop ignoring what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. We're not like, they're not looking for solutions. They're just looking for blame. And this yeah. is the problem. Okay. Right. So, bit of a tangent there. Dorsey also acknowledged <laughs> that previously, if users don't agree with one social media company's rules, they can just go to another service provider. <laughs> not anymore unless we've banned them unless they go to parlor <laughs> yeah but last week that last week this concept was challenged as a slew of tech giants simultaneously restricted trump's accounts and other accounts of course dorsey yeah. said he doesn't think this coordinated <laughs> yeah right <laughs> but rather companies yeah. decided for themselves and were emboldened by the actions of others yeah what a coincidence. They acknowledge <laughs> that the company needs to look critically at the inconsistencies of our policy and enforcement. Uh, you idiot. <laughs> Actually, no. Jack Dorsey is not an idiot. He's just a twit. It's yeah. just like, oh yeah, like, we're inconsistent. It's like, oh yeah, we're banning Trump because Trump is promoting violence. And it's like, there are literally people who are calling for Pence to be hung. That's what yeah, trended on Twitter after Dozens. Trump was taken down. And yeah. did you take down these accounts? Only yeah. if they were conservatives. <laughs> yeah, even Tim, even Tim Pool actually like tested that. He basically mm -hmm. wanted to see if they're going to be consistent. So he actually like contacted Twitter directly. He said like, yeah. "Here's ten like mm -hmm. like actual like I legitimate like, like death threats." And he's like, "And he's like, they've done nothing about it." It's like, hmm, mm -hmm. you're very even-handed here. Yeah, you're like, so transparent. Ugh, like it's it's ridiculous. So yeah, people who are reasonable. Like reasonable, rational people know mm -hmm. that this is bullcrap. This is yes. like the most like and then of course stuff that you can come up with. Of course, Uganda. Mm. So in Uganda, they of banned, all countries, of all countries, this they the banned all social media ahead of election, sparking crazy like dictatorship. Yeah, they shut down all social media in the country Tuesday after the country's longtime leader accused Facebook of taking side in the upcoming presidential election. President Yoweri no, Museveni apologized for the inconvenience caused by the ban, but said Uganda had no choice after Facebook removed several accounts tied to his re-election campaign. Mm -hmm. Ah, that sounds familiar. Mm -hmm. If you want to take sides against the ruling party, then that group will not operate in Uganda. <laughs> you cannot tolerate the arrogance of anybody coming to decide for us who is good and who is bad. Mm -hmm. Dang! It's good. That's that's what you should Facebook do. I'm actually Monday. kind of wishing. I'm wishing we could possibly pull this off in Canada. I'm like, oh, I well, so wish. Like, I I get like it's funny, mm -hmm. but it's kind of like, well, then we're doing pretty much what we're accusing them of, because it's like, yes, we hate Facebook and we hate Twitter and we don't really like yeah. YouTube or these other. But if we're saying well, you can't use any social media, <laughs> no, 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 no. Here, here, here's here's what. Okay. Here's why I think it's important. Okay, so mm -hmm. I'll give you an example. Um, in I don't know I don't know how long ago it was a couple years ago in Ireland they had a big referendum. They asked all the like you know people in Ireland uh, can you know should we have abortion or not? Mm -hmm. Right, big referendum. Yeah. And then afterwards, I think it was like a, a couple months afterwards, uh, Mark Zuckerberg was having a big interview, uh, a yeah. big talk or whatever, uh, in front of an audience. And he was actually saying, he actually admitted on live TV, this is how arrogant he is. Oh, yeah. He actually admitted in no un unclear, no like unclear uncertain terms, terms yeah. uncertain terms, that, oh, yeah, that was us. 
we've mm. helped make that happen. Yeah. And it's because of our, our like, you know, power actions, that power and actions that we made that happen. Yeah. So Facebook and Twitter are like, like they're, they're actually a legitimate threat to elections. Oh yeah, they are. Cause they are incredibly uh, partisan well, yeah, and they like, lie about it. Once, once they, once they silence the New York post story, which we're actually on New York post right now about yeah. Hunter Biden, it should have been like, okay, like, social media. That's election uh, interference. That is. Oh, it was clearly election interference. And, like, they interviewed some people afterwards, and, like, what was it? Like, 10% had never even heard that story? Yeah. And it was like, would that have changed your, like, your vote? It's like, yeah, probably. Of course it would. Probably wouldn't have voted at all. Mm -hmm. So, like, I I understand it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it should probably that I would like an approach that's a little less um, heavy handed. I would like no, more I, of the, I would like more of the Polish approach where it's like, yeah. if you censor content that is not illegal, we will fine you $2 million. Yeah. No, I like that. That's, that's because yeah. like, but the, you the problem don't is you have to fight wanna... in a certain way. Cause yeah, these do. companies are not going to operate fairly. Oh no. They're going to pretend they're going to claim and pretend that they operate fairly, but they're mm-hmm. not. They're completely no. biased. They're completely partisan. Mm-hmm. They have no intention of 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 giving uh, of letting people yeah. speak properly. They're they're there completely to completely manipulate public opinion. Yeah. So, so the reason that we're talking about this whole Uganda story is because Twitter, which was like, oh yeah, we're going to ban the the hateful and violent rhetoric rhetoric, rhetoric of the president. Is like, oh yes, we strongly condemn internet shutdowns that are hugely harmful, violate basic human rights, and the principles of the open internet. <laughs> oh my gosh. The worst possible person I to know. say that. The worst. The, the most worst. disingenuous person oh, ever. Oh, it's just total bullcrap. Yeah, it's like, that sounds like, almost like something you would say in an SNL skit. Yeah. Where like, you know, like, you know, like the guy's like... It's like you know the the, the biggest mass murderers. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I totally condemn you know killing people. Like, killing yep. people is bad. You really shouldn't kill people. And he's so I was like the the, the knife dripping with the blood, and it's like yeah. you know, oh right, uh, yeah, don't kill people. Bad, bad. Don't. don't. Well, they they <laughs> needed to die. <laughs> totally cold. They ran. I'm just gonna move my knife like this. They, they if you get stabbed, yeah. it's your own fault. <laughs> so you fell onto the shiv, and then you. Got up, and then you stumbled forward oh, onto another shiv. Mm, yeah, <laughs> I get that. That's That totally makes sense. It's totally legitimate. Totally <laughs> okay, legitimate moving on to this next story. So this is going to be a little bit faster. South Dakota governor calls for a ban on Down syndrome abortion. Christine, no. Christine, no. Christine, no. <laughs> oh, so. I don't know if you can tell we're big fans. Yeah, and she's so pretty. Like, I'm she married, is. but dang, she's pretty. <laughs> but outward appearance matters little in her state well she's a classy lady I oh, think she that's is. the best way to put yep. it she's a very classy lady yep. in her state of the state address man that sounds weird earlier mm-hmm. this week South Dakota Governor Christy Noem called on the state legislature to prohibit abortions chosen because the unborn child has been diagnosed with Down syndrome even today mm-hmm. in 2021 some European countries like Iceland and Denmark are on the pace to virtually eliminate children with Down syndrome they that's do this one a, way uh... and one way only abortion yeah. yes that's called eugenics it's called the holocaust eugenics or holocaust like basically a holocaust it's a form of the holocaust yes. yeah it is so indeed a few years ago cbs news published a, p- a feature 
on how Iceland had been eradicating Down syndrome births. In reality, the country has seen a sharp rise in the number of women who chose abortion after receiving a prenatal Down syndrome diagnosis. In other words, Iceland hasn't been eliminating Down syndrome at all. It's been eliminating the people with Down syndrome, which is basically mm -hmm. like, oh, you have Down syndrome? We're just going to kill you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you could eliminate almost anything that way. It's like, oh, well, we want to eliminate deaths from cancer. You have cancer? Yeah. We're just going to execute you on site. I think somebody even made the point that if, if you could somehow... Uh, like you know, like look at a baby and find out that it was going to be born gay. Mm -hmm. Would you be okay with that? You know, somebody doing that. Like it's it's like such an incredibly slippery slope. Mm -hmm. Or well, like even in Canada, like Ugh. people will not like the liberals would not even fight against, or like they won't even support legislation that outlaws sex selective abortions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like this is awful. Well, like, and if you kill a child, if you kill the unborn child in the womb because they are a girl, and that's it never happens because they're a boy, ex mm -hmm. unless the people are like third wave crazy feminists. But if because you kill you a child, the, the rationale for why they're doing it. Yeah. Yes. If you kill a child because of what sex they are, you are a monster. Mm -hmm. Well, and here's here's some, something for context. Last this past week, an article came out. That talked about like the the prevalence of uh, child marriages in Canada. Yeah. So like, there's like a whole bunch of like you know girls like who are being still married mm -hmm. because the law in Canada says if you're 16 you can you can legally choose yeah. to get married and if you're under 16 as long as your parents sign off on it yeah you can you can be married. So the laws are still allowing for this to happen. Yeah. And so like they looked at the numbers and people were outraged. They were like, oh my gosh, you can't believe this happened in Canada. Yeah. People were so mad. And I'm like. You're mad about that, which, mm -hmm. yes, it's bad. I'm not agreeing with it. There's yeah. a lot of problems with There's it. There's a lot of problems, yeah. They may be, like, the slightest few cases where maybe that's somewhat legitimate, but very mm -hmm. few of those. But even then, you're, you're mad about that, but you're not mad about the fact that Canada, you can uh, – somebody mm -hmm. from Muslim country or India or China or somewhere else can look at, like, the, the sex of your baby and kill it mm -hmm. at, like, eight, eight – Because eight, they value uh, men more. Because they want that a male child and not a female yeah. child. That is yeah. horrifying. And, and yet people calls, are okay with it. Any calls to legislate it or say that, yeah, this should be illegal, they're like, oh, you just want women to die. It's like, yeah. and here, how and here's is this jump even like somewhat making sense to you? Yeah. And, and the hypocrisy of that, because like we, we talk about uh, female genital mutilation. Mm -hmm. And we think like, that's horrible. How dare you yeah. like mistreat women like that? But that's mutilation of a body part in a woman yeah. but like like killing actual women in the womb is totally okay double standards very oh, yeah. pro very problematic so this is why so, we I, i'm a big fan of gnome she's oh yeah bold mm -hmm. right? so awesome gnome continues i look forward to the day when the supreme court recognized that all pre-born children inherently possess this right to life too citing mm -hmm. the declaration of independence until that time comes i'm out asking the south dakota legislature to pass a law that bans abortion of a preborn child just because that child was diagnosed with down syndrome mm -hmm. can i move there like <laughs> <laughs> like dang i want to move not to that south far dakota not that far it's a good place to go i know i know mm -hmm. like okay we're gonna take a vacation to south dakota what's there to see eh, there's <laughs> mount rushmore and that's about it like i've driven hey. i have not driven myself through south dakota but like I've ridden with my parents to drive through South Dakota, it is boring. The drive yeah, it's, like, it's, it's flat, it's... and there's like no towns for like 200 miles. Mm -hmm. However, and it's like if they have this, 
And if Christy Nome is in charge, it's like, sign me up. <laughs> Get good yeah. internet and I'll be fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, that's not a bad place to be. I right know. Now. So yeah. that's that's kind of our Christy Gnome. Yeah. And I'm just going to say it right now. Cruise Gnome 2024, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, can you imagine Christy Gnome and um, the lady from the UN uh, who used to be the uh, uh, Nikki Haley. Haley Nikki Gnome Haley. 2024. Haley Gnome? That would oh. be deadly. That would be so I deadly. know my, my dad wants, like, this is a bit of a tangent. My dad wants, what is it, a Cruise Owens ticket. Oh, that would be pretty cool. Candace Owens? Because he's, like, he's like, I love Candace Owens. Yeah, he yeah, is a, she is an eloquent, soft-spoken, intelligent black woman. Mm-hmm. And I'm and like, yeah, really yeah, she the, is. The, and and she, it would, and it would entirely told... shut up. It would be like, oh, Republicans are racist. And it's like, you're an idiot. <laughs> yeah, here's... Uh, that's kind of the same reason that mm-hmm. a lot of people thought Leslie Lewis would be a great candidate. Mm-hmm. I mean, not... Yeah. okay. All of her, like you know, public appearances aside, yeah, she is actually the the. Um, she was good. Uh, she would be the Achilles heel her of liberals because what do you do? Because she's she's mm-hmm. a woman, she's black, she's an immigrant, yeah. and she's also well educated. Yes, right at right there, mm-hmm. she she disarms the liberals on their yeah. usual things of like you guys are jerks, you know, like uh, yeah. like you're a man, so, a white white Christian man. So after the conservatives more than likely lose the next election, be like yeah, okay. Yeah. Vote of no confidence yeah. on Aaron O'Toole. Less than Lewis. Yeah. Here we come. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> from what I've been hearing, so this is another bit of a tangent, before we jump into Canada news, from what I've been hearing, there is a possibility of a springtime election for Canada. Mm-hmm. And based on approval polls and the fact that Canada wants to switch into mail-in voting, it will probably be a landslide for the Liberals. Yeah. Because people that, have been that, that like, I'm so Trudeau, fed up. She wants oh, to get a majority yeah. again. She wants to get a majority so that he doesn't have to kind of like appeal to the NDP to get yeah. whatever he wants passed. Yeah. But and the sadly, conservatives would be destroyed in the next election. Yeah, and sadly, like the, uh, like the NDP is already down and out. They they mm-hmm. can't get their. Base. Oh yeah, they have no funding. They have no funding. Their base is like uh, demoralized. They yeah. feel like the the NDP sold them out. Mm-hmm. And the liberals are can, strong. Yeah, and and they, they they managed to completely and totally bury the uh, the the scandal from last summer. Oh yeah, they managed to like completely destroy the We Charity scandal, even though it was Which a massive huge. scandal. And it was massive like, okay, scandal. clearly Bill Morneau and Trudeau benefited their own families. Mm-hmm. But it's like, oh, that's not a big deal because the NDP gets what they want. And it's like, yeah. dang you, NDP, grow a pair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, so, moving anyways. on to Canada news. So we're going to talk about a whole bunch of different stories. First one, we're going to talk about interprovincial travel ban. Mm-hmm. So BC seeking legal advice. So the Premier of BC, by the name of John Horgan, says he's seeking legal advice to see if BC can stop Canadians from traveling to the province for non-essential reasons as a measure to contain the spread of COVID-19. You mm-hmm. schmuck. Yeah. Not, 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 none of this is based on science, by the way. No. In case you're yeah. wondering. He said he'd had conversations with other premiers about reducing non-essential travel as concerns are being raised from across the province, yet he noted Canada's constitution allows free travel within the country. It's an mm-hmm. issue that has been discussed both in BC and elsewhere in months, for months, and Horgan said it's time to find out whether the provincial governments can act on it. I want mm-hmm. to either put this to rest so that British Columbians can understand that we cannot do that, or we're not going to do that, or if there's a way to do it and we're going to work with other provinces to achieve it. 
Whistler's mayor said the city isn't drawing the visitors it has in the past due to the pandemic. To the to be honest, there are very few people here, Jack Crompton told CTV News. Yet there are other concerns. There have been concerns raised about the number of out-of-province visitors to Whistler over the winter break. Others have proposed a non-essential travel ban between Vancouver and other parts of the province. I don't know who is in the lines. I'm staying within the message, stay home, stay local. Which will destroy... Everything. Yeah. Uh, here, here's something that you should that, that should be noted, okay, so about BC. People, a lot of people who, especially if you're not from BC or if you don't know BC, I grew up in BC. BC is no. way more of a tourism-based mm -hmm. economy than Alberta. Than even Alberta. Yeah. Alberta, like yes, like yes, we have like the bank yeah. and all that. But BC, mm -hmm. like Vancouver, is heavily mm -hmm. tourism tourism reliant. Yeah. Kelowna, BC, is heavily tourism reliant, and so many towns all across yeah. the BC. Vancouver Island. Are, yeah, like Vancouver Island. Like it's all tourism. Yeah, and 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 so they're they're not just killing mm -hmm. businesses; they're killing the tourism industry entirely. Yeah. This is this is basically a fatal fatal mm -hmm. stab wound to the tourism yeah. industry, and none of it is based on science. No, they're just basing it on all sorts of models and all sorts of fear mongering mm -hmm. and all this kind of stuff. And here's the big thing with this approach: it's it it's hard evidence. That they have no intention to to loosen the restrictions, they they're looking at ways to increase them. So Ontario and Quebec have just increased the they 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 like added more weight to the restrictions, uh -huh. and and there's real reason to believe that that's coming west. Yeah, and BC is already jumping on board, and I I don't think Alberta's that far off. So people who believe mm -hmm. that Alberta like oh like you know what if we behave ourselves. They'll let us out. No, and it's like no, like it's you, amazing as much how as anybody to... believes in that. Like, yeah, in the early in the early days of the pandemic, like when we first were hearing like fifteen days to spread, like thirty days to slow the spread, it was like yeah, like we, like sure we will behave, we'll kind of go along with most of this, yeah. and we'll do things that are mostly along the guidelines, but. Mm -hmm. Basically, as soon as summer hits, and then they're like, okay, summer hits, we need a mandatory mask mandate. It's like, there are like 100 cases of COVID a day in Canada, which is a country of 35 million. Mm -hmm. And you're trying to enforce a mask mandate? Mm -hmm. It's like, what is the grounds for this? There's no rationale for it. It's ridiculous. It was and entirely just a punitive measure. And people forget that in like during the SARS uh, like pandemic that, that happened earlier, like in two thousands, yeah, they like governments actually penalized, actually punished companies that even suggested that mm -hmm. their masks could actually prevent viral spread. Yeah, like there were actual laws on the books saying if you say that this mask can help protect against viruses, we're going to punish you. Yeah, and now we've completely done a complete reversal. Mm -hmm. Now it's like. If you say, if you even try to suggest that masks don't help stop viral spread, we're going to punish you. It's yeah. like, it's completely going to silence backwards. you and like cut off your Facebook and your Twitter and your YouTube account. It's unbelievable, right? Yeah. So no the entire idea stuff. of an interprovincial travel, of course, will decimate BC, but it will also, it'll just make provinces not trust each other. Yeah. Like the provinces oh, already don't trust each other, but it'll just yeah. make it so much worse because it'll kind of create the sense of elitism. Well, and like last summer, there was all sorts of uh, reports mm 
Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, people who were in BC oh, yeah. with out of like with Alberta license plates or and their Scotland cars license got plates, trashed. and their cars got trashed. They got damaged. They got trashed. They got. I destroyed. warned my mom about that. Yeah, like my mom exactly. drove over to Vancouver because uh, my sister-in-law's parents live in Vancouver Island, and my mm-hmm. mom drove over to Van- Vancouver Island to pick them up. And I'm like, be very careful where you park your car. Mm-hmm. Because, don't let people see your license plate. Yeah, yet. don't let people li- see their license plate. And like, if you're gonna stop somewhere overnight, like park in the driveway and face inwards, or, or like face mm-hmm. out. Yeah, because like, BC has a reputation for this, mm-hmm. and they have this rep- they have this idea that anybody out of province is carrying the disease and is deadly. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of the same way for a lot of these other provinces. And it's just creating divisions, yeah. which should not be there in the first place. Anyway, and this is the problem: is that the Canadian government is turning people against each other. Mm-hmm. And so, totally. if we're wondering why Canada's divided, the the government is the responsible. Yes. They're gaslighting. They're, They're gaslighting, gaslighting everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the government and the media have been doing it forever. It's very yeah. similar to the United States, but in Alberta, people don't notice that the that the media is doing it as quickly. Because in the United States, the Republicans are like, oh yeah, like CNN and ABC and MSNBC, like they're not trustworthy news sources. Whereas conservatives here in Canada are like, well, like CTV and CBC, like they can be liberal biased, but I trust them. And it's like, why? Yeah, but, but you have to remember too, like Alberta is by far the most conservative province in mm. Canada. So here, I do run into people all the time. Who know, like, yeah, the, oh, the yeah. news is garbage. It's but to get if you went to, like, Vancouver, like downtown oh, no. Vancouver, or you go to Toronto, or you go to Ottawa, mm-hmm. everyone there completely 100% trusts the government and the news media. Yeah. Like, it's like if I was a conservative living in those cities, like, <laughs> Oof. good luck. I am, yeah. I am going to be basically like a leper, and they're going to, yeah. like, you know, rush me or something like that. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so. Next story, Alberta Barbershop's defiance stand fades after tickets issued. So, yep. uh, owners of a barbershop in Innisfail, Alberta, have halted haircuts once again after temporarily reopening to customers in defiance of the ongoing public health order. Blades mm-hmm. to Fades, cool name, yep. began, began offering haircuts on Tuesday, contravening the public's mandated closure of all personal service businesses in Alberta until at least January 21st. Rebel News covered this story. According to co-owner Natalie Klein, the niece of late Premier Ralph Klein, which was a great Premier and I wish we had him back, because he would Mm -hmm. just be like, shut up Trudeau, slap me in the face. (laughs) (laughs) Alberta Health threatened fines of up to $5,000 per day Mm -hmm. against the shop on Tuesday. And yeah, it's like, how do you fight that? It's like, you want to try and fight it, but if you open for a week, that's $35,000. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, you hope that these fines don't go through. And, like, of course, most of them probably won't go through. Mm-hmm. But in Manitoba, some of these ju- some of these fines were upheld. Mm-hmm. And as a small business, you just can't afford it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is, uh, this is like a, a good example. Like, you know, I heard, I heard a, a, uh, somebody, somebody posted something that was great. It's like if a government is, is instituting fines for crimes... That clearly means that their the target is the poor, or the mm-hmm. people who are like oh, lower, yeah. because like if you if you have like one size fines, mm-hmm. that means that big huge industries, big huge or like organizations, they're fine. 
that oh, yeah. that's that's like a like you that's find Walmart them. five grand a day, they'll be like, who cares? Yeah. Whereas like a place like this, like they're just the small little like you know like shop, mm-hmm. and they're basically trying to survive. So which means they're they're already mm-hmm. very financially uh, uh, at risk, and you're yep. throwing this on top of them. Yeah. So it's this well, is and, the problem. Is a now, government like, that's that's kicking people who are already down at the very bottom, at the very bo- at the very end of the rope, and this is the kind of thing that you you see from abusive like like people like abusive mm-hmm. corporate like the kind of corporations that you always you always demonize in movies like Aaron Brockovich like you know oh they don't give a crap about the little guy mm-hmm. the little people and all that the government is just doing this but on a bigger scale yeah and these totally. fines are not only meant to scare the crap out of people they're not oh, even yeah. they're not even fair they're not justified no. they're not even reasonable this is the kind of thing where the fine is not even no. On, on on even the same scale as reasonable, this is now a complete scare yeah. tactic. That's what the oh, fines yeah. are, which is why they're unjustified. Well, and now, like the Alberta government is allowing barbershops to reopen, mm-hmm. but these fines are still being upheld. Yeah, and it's like, why? This is so ridiculous. Like, they they even said that they reopened on Wednesday under the guise of being a pet grooming business. <laughs> And then on Thursday, they said that they would not be taking any salon customers because it looks like the RCMP didn't buy it. The yep. shop would be not be taking any salon customers and will be regrouping to focus on its next steps and receive legal advice. It is mm-hmm. shameful that businesses have to receive legal advice in order to reopen. Mm-hmm. And the Alberta government should be ashamed of what this they've like been abusive. doing. Completely oh, it's entirely abusive. abusive. Stuff. It's incredibly abusive. So, and... Uh, like the the thing is like uh, the the problem with the government the go- people don't realize the government is gambling people people trust the government because they believe the government knows what's best and they are good people who are trying to help and you know like all oh, these bad people who aren't complying they're the real they're the mm-hmm. real danger whereas they don't realize the government is completely and totally gambling they don't actually know what they're doing most mm-hmm. of these leaders should not be in charge. No, seriously, the people. No, it's just uh, they're, they're 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 giving control of all decisions of a province to health officials. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, but they were not elected to lead a province to like to deal with the oil industry, to deal with every business mm-hmm. and every everything to do with the country. But they're making the, you're you're essentially asking like a baker of a hotel to basically take care of the entire like business model and the entire running of the business. He's not qualified and they're treating these health officials and saying, Oh, you get to decide everything. It's like, Mm -hmm. they don't know economics. They don't know how business works. They don't know like laws. They don't, they don't know anything, but they're being there. Everything that they say is like they're in charge and it's, it's incredibly irresponsible. Yeah. Anyways, so the next story on kind of government overreach is Montreal yeah. woman says officer insisted on searching her lunch bag during curfew stop. So of course last yeah. week we all went over the idea and the fact that Montreal was entering a curfew and say with all look Quebec. So mm-hmm. Sarah Fresk was heading to work around 4 a.m. when she was stopped near her home by Montreal police and asked to prove that she had the right to be on the road, which is so ridiculous that she even needs to prove that she has the right to be on the road. This and is the this is the the strategy that they use mm-hmm. in Melbourne, Australia. 
in case yeah, you want it's fear yeah so i got my letter out of my glove compartment asked for my id and i gave him that and then he asked me what was in my bag she demanded to know why it mattered and why she wasn't free to go after showing a letter from her employer staying sh stating that she works for a snow removal contractor and needs to be on the job during curfew the officer questioned the validity of the letter saying that it's just a piece of paper and threatened to give her a ticket anyway the oh, officer geez. accused her of delaying detainment by not cooperating and showing the bag's contents. Frask finally gave in to the officer's demands, allowing him to inspect the lunch bag. The officer then returned to his cruiser to check her credentials while his partner took over questioning. Finally, she was let go without a ticket. Itch. Police intervention should end as soon as the citizen shows proof that they're allowed to be out during curfew hours, a criminal defense mm -hmm. lawyer. It's none of his business what was in the bag. He has no mm -hmm. reasonable or pro probable grounds to search. He hasn't got the power to do that. The woman has certain constitutional rights to be free of such an abusive search. They also yeah. have constitutional rights to, you know, not have a curfew. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like all but, of the stuff is uh, like oh, yeah. incredibly like illegal. Like the, the, the amount of illegality mm -hmm. going on here is, yeah. is absolutely mind boggling. Oh, yeah. Like there was a, there was a lady in, uh, in Sydney. She was, uh, 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 she basically was, was asked by the officer to provide all sorts of proof Mm -hmm. of i think her mass exemption or something like that yeah and then finally like she was holding hard she's like no no you don't have the right you don't know your own laws he finally called in to his mm -hmm. supervisor yeah. and, he, and he actually came back and like and he's like i guess i was wrong well no yeah. he actually like, didn't apologize if you watch that video he does not apologize he, he kind of apologized but like obviously he simply it wasn't says and he's like i should have known better yeah but he does not say i apologize he does not say i'm sorry he's like i should have known yeah. better bye yeah, yeah, and and it's this like, is the problem. Come on, dude. There's so there's so many officers out there, and it's it's absolutely mm -hmm. mind-boggling how many officers out there. I, I actually would would actually like 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 to say that a lot of these officers that are caught on camera are absolute idiots. They don't oh, yeah. know their job. No, they don't. They, their job, if they're going to enforce a law, they should know the freaking law. Mm -hmm. If you don't know the law, you should like be taking off the job and. Go and do, do some kind of seminar and learn your own freaking laws rather than just like wing it. Because so many of it's it's actually frustrating to me. Yeah, how few officers even know their own laws, and it's so annoying to me. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I like it. It actually because the one person you would expect to know what the law says and how it's supposed to be applied mm -hmm. is the person who isn't who, issuing who, who, the ticket. You almost have to educate them. Yeah. And it's just like, how do you not know this? Mm -hmm. Like, we need to have faith in our in in yeah. you to enforce proper laws, but you don't even know your stinking laws. Yeah, if they're, if really they're assuming, if they're assuming what the law is, then Ugh. it's like, how are you issuing tickets? It's like, yeah. how can you justify issuing tickets? Like yeah, in yeah. in this article, it says the police articles are expected to proceed with good judgment, according to a statement from the Montreal Police. Before imposing a sanction on an offender, they will carry out the necessary research and analyze each situation according to its context and its particularities. Yeah. They said it's up to uh, citizens to prove they're allowed to be out during curfew. No. no it, it, here's the problem with people. People don't understand this. People always say, and this is the same garbage argument that people used in the left, saying like, oh, well, these, these companies have insurance for like the looting and the riots, right? Oh, it's yeah, like, no. they, you're an idiot. You don't understand how insurance works. And you don't understand that insurance is not going to get you 100% back to normal. Yeah. That's not how it works. Same thing here. People don't understand. When people say that, oh, you can find it in court. And police officers will say, oh, well, if you if you don't agree, you can go find it in court. What yeah. they don't tell you 
-hmm. is that it almost always is more expensive mm -hmm. to fight, to fight the fine than it is to pay it. Yeah. They're banking on that. Mm -hmm. This is why most fines don't get paid because it costs a lot more and it's a lot more difficult to overturn a fine even if it was wrong. Yeah. Even if the officer was completely wrong, you yes, you could succeed in getting this fine thrown out, but they're counting on the fact that like you're going to do a cost benefit analysis, analysis be like, well, realize, I could pay a twelve hundred dollar fine, or I could pay three thousand dollars for a lawyer. Yeah. It's like which one are you going to choose? This is mm -hmm. why it's such an unfair system. Yeah. Which is why. Which is why. A little bit of a segue. It is important for our listeners, for our viewers, especially those in Canada. If you want to fight back against this nonsense, if you want to support any person which is being fined, we're going to do a bit of plugging. We're going to say go to fightthefines.com because they will help people who have been given these unjustifiable fines to fight them and to make sure that these do not hold up. If you have the opportunity, make sure you try and give at least a small donation to help crowdfund for these lawyer fees. Because we want to make sure that nobody who is given a lockdown ticket actually has to pay it because these yeah. are illegal. Yeah. And I think it's, it should be noted, like, you know, so I talked to Sheila Gunn-Reed from The Rebel, and uh, she had an amazing way of putting it. She basically mm -hmm. said that the strategy is they're going to completely flood the courts yeah. with fights against these fines and they're going to force yeah. the Alberta government and other governments to basically have to make a tough decision. Be like, well, are we going to are we going to backlog our court system for like months, or yeah. are we just going to throw these cases mm -hmm. out? Yeah. It's a good strategy because most people, like like I just said, will choose to pay the fine because it's just it's so much mm -hmm. more expensive to fight it. Yeah, and so this is why they're doing good work. Yeah. So some worry police have too much discretionary power. You don't do. say, CBC. Yeah. But yeah. handling handling this amount of discretionary power to police is worrisome to some legal experts. Basically, what you're doing is giving the police the discretion at the certain time of day to stop and question people. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes, they are. If police yes, don't accept your documentation or explanation for being out after curfew, it's just best to accept the ticket and challenge it in court, like we've been saying. You're basically, you're basically turning the police into mercenaries. Yeah. So the CCLA like is collecting act how they want. Yeah. Yeah. She said the CCLA is collecting data on the enforcement side of public health restrictions. Canadians are invited to fill out a form on the association's website and tell their story so the CCLA can get a feel for what is happening out there. Same thing with Fight the Fines, except the Fight the Fines is more of a conservative and the CCLA is more of just kind of general civil liberties. Yeah. So this is the kind of thing where like people pe people in Canada Sadly, too many people in Canada, they have too much trust in our public officials. Yes. The problem is when, because they trust our public officials, they trust our police, they don't believe that anything that they're doing is, is, uh, is, 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 uh, wrong or even like, uh, abusive mm -hmm. or anything like that. They don't truly believe that, yeah. which is why you get something like what happened in Guelph where police forcibly arrested this elderly man. And mm -hmm. beat him. They, yes. Like, they beat him in the face. They punched him. And this is, like, police brutality. But this is mm -hmm. because the police have so much power and so much protection yeah. from their, like, the, the police mm -hmm. forces and the, gov the government. Yeah, they can basically do anything. And they're 
police union and their police force will defend it's them. Unbelievable. Well, it's, yeah, like it's... even even if we look at a, an incident from a few weeks ago, like the whole thing where the police took the down that, that guy and arrested and caught off his skates. Like yeah. we were talking with some cops at the Freedom Rally, and they're like, "Well, you don't know the full situation." It's like, "Well, we sort of do." We looked like, at everything. We've seen everything, <laughs> not just the yeah. video that CTV showed, but the entirety of the video. And the entirety yeah. of the video is pretty damning towards those cops. And the, the police the, the are actual conversation totally in the defense of their actions. Like, the, the lack of the police... Like, it's actually shameful in all these Canadian and American cities, the lack of police that are willing to call out their fellow cops. Like, if we actually had police members with balls, be like, no. Like, those those members, they're, a sh they're an embarrassment, they're a disgrace to the force. But it, it's kind of taboo to even say that. Because it's like, oh, we're all in this together with the police. And it's like, no, we're not. And the sad thing is, like, the police have, have very little discretion. Mm -hmm. Like, there was a thing this past, uh, last spring, before the COVID thing hit, where people, activists were actively blocking rail railway lines and uh rebel reporter went there he saw the police literally camped there right across yeah. from the encampment and he asked them like why are why you, you not anything? like doing anything about this and essentially they wanted to to arrest him yes. for trespassing but like those people there, like clearly doing something illegal and oh they can't touch them well and they did they did actually arrest there was a guy who went up and started like throwing and dismantling their barricade, and they mm -hmm. arrested him. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you're arresting the guy who's trying to stop the criminals. Yeah. Like the the amount of power and discretion that the police have to just completely say, well, I think this way. So because I think this way, this is what's going to happen. Yeah. And, the police and there's are, very are little accountability within the police the, services. The police has no discretion. They they yeah. basically do what you're told. Well, sometimes. It, it really depends case by case. We can have a discussion about that and that would take a long time. And we're already, <laughs> I think, over an hour. Okay. So we're not going to go into that yet. We're already over an hour and we still have three sto two stories to go. Okay, so, you can do it. <laughs> all right, quickly, quickly, quickly. As Quebec postponed surgeries, breast enhancement and butt lifts are still a go. <laughs> As Quebec beleaguered <laughs> pelvic health systems struggle with a sort of nurses. breast enhancements are still yeah. a go. Woo! That's exactly what Canadian yeah. money is. As they cis struggle with assertive of nurses and respiratory therapists, non-essential plastic surgeries are continuing in the private sector with Skeletics hiring, hiring these categories of public health care professionals for their operations. Anesthesiologists are also being called in for procedures that require sedation. I'm talking like Ben Shapiro. Breast augmentation, Brazilian <laughs> butt lift, with his liposuction and a fat transfer to their buttocks is still being done, but a doctor from, said a doctor familiar with these surgeries. The doctor also said the industry's operating rooms have been going full force despite COVID-19. Yeah, okay, okay. So, so basically, <laughs> all you need to know... Surgeries that should be vital, like uh, yep. transplants and like pacemakers mm -hmm. and things that actually save people's lives, those They're are being canceled. delayed because but, the public health system is overburdened because it doesn't have enough nurses. Because the yeah. majority of nurses, I think it says ninety to ninety-five percent of nurses and respiratory therapists doing the private cosmetic procedures also work for the public health care system, but they're drawn to plastic surgery in private clinics because the pay is much better. That should mm -hmm. be. A shameful indictment of the public healthcare system in that mm -hmm. they have to delay life-saving treatments because public private health care mm -hmm. and, and surgeries for plastic surgery, which are not essential in any way, they're entirely cosmetic, mm -hmm. are paying these nurses more and it's drawing them in 
And they're blaming the nurses saying it's money, money, money. No, they should be blaming the public health care system for allowing this to happen in the first place. And of course, mm -hmm. allowing them to ban these other surgeries, which have cost people's lives yep. due to COVID procedures. And these private clinics are allowed to do it because the taxes go towards the government, the government benefits. Mm -hmm. So the government's lockdown procedures are unequally applied and people have died. Mm -hmm. That's basically the story here. We don't want to go too much into it. If you want to read into it, you can. Yeah. Because all these procedures require nurses, respiratory therapists, and anesthesiologists. Mm -hmm. But it is shameful. And is indictment of the public health care system. It is also a, a shameful indictment of the public health care system that if you compare, like everybody's trying to say that in comparison to the U.S. and Canada, Canada is so much better. Not even close. If you acquire COVID-19, according to the official numbers, if you acquire COVID-19 in the United States and if you acquire COVID-19 in Canada, you are 69% more likely to die in Canada if you get COVID-19. That is an so, yeah. shameful indictment of the public health care system, and nobody wants to talk about it. Because yeah, Canada has like a one-size-fits-all mm -hmm. approach to everything across the board, every single medical. Because it's like the NHS in um, yeah. England. Like the, the, the rules apply everywhere, whereas the states, yeah. every, every state has their own rules, mm -hmm. which means every state can do their own And some states were allowed to use proper treatments. Yeah. yeah. And some states so, were like, some states weren't. And those states yeah. are the ones suffering, like California. Yeah. <laughs> So I think this would like this. This takes us nicely into the last one, the last article. So the last article, um, yeah. it basically talks about the big problem. So mm -hmm. we talk about like that that Quebec issue. That yeah. issue is basically exacerbated by the big. The bigger issue in there is that lockdowns themselves should be scrapped because they are actually causing, like this article says, ten times more harm than benefits. Mm -hmm. Now here's the important thing. Uh, if you scroll down. Uh, right where the, the question says, there's never been a full cost benefit analysis of lockdowns. That's the question. So go down. Okay. So here's the thing. <clears throat> in in Canada, like the, the Justice Center of Constitutional Freedoms has actually made this mm -hmm. big demand saying that no Canadian uh, province, provincial government has actually presented no. a, a reasonable cost benefit analysis of the, the benefits versus the cost of yep. lockdowns. And this is incredibly reckless because mm -hmm. we're being told lockdowns are the best and only solution, and we're get, we're being told no, this is garbage. This yeah. is and nobody really, really realizes how much these cost. So here's this is a this is an article by a a Canadian um, uh, pediatric. pediatric, pediatric um, so he's a pediatric uh, infectious disease, infectious disease uh, doctor, and uh, he wrote this big article, basically like presenting a legitimate like cost benefit analysis. So what is he here's what he says and I'll just kind of go through this quick. So first he says uh that the the actual like you know like at the very beginning they said like it was lives versus versus the economy that's a complete lie and he basically goes into explaining that the 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 idea that this the economy no the like killing the economy has massive costs huge long-term costs for, for, for people's well-being and life expectancy. Um, and uh, the, so the second point he makes um, after that, so he says here, uh, if the government is forced to spend less on these social determinants of health, so like all these things like uh, like Jack, um, mm -hmm. 
roads, sanitation, housing, all these kind of things. If the government is forced to spend less on these things, there will be less statistical lives lost. That is, people will die in the years to come. Second, I had underestimated the effects of loneliness and employment on public health. It turns out that loneliness and un unemployment are known to be among the strongest risk factors for early mortality, reduced lifespan, and chronic diseases. Third, making policy decisions, there are trade-offs to consider costs and benefits. We have to choose between these options. So what this, this uh, doctor essentially goes into in this article, and I, I encourage you to read it because it's a mm -hmm. very good, good article. He essentially explains that the costs for these lockdowns are so much worse than the benefits that you think that you will get because there's so many factors that people don't take mm -hmm. into account. Yeah. Not only in Canada, like let's not forget that this is not just a Canadian problem, but it's it's magnified tenfold in poor countries in the world. Poor countries suffer ten times worse when mm -hmm. when uh, rich countries like Canada, U.S. and Europe, yeah. uh, like they suffer. Well, then. People in poor countries suffer even more. So it's important to realize that if you think that, oh, let's just like let the lockdowns go, this is our best solution, that's incredibly self-centered approach yep. because you are not thinking about the potential harm, damage, and loss of lives that will happen both in the short and the long term. Mm -hmm. And we're already like seeing that. We're already yeah. seeing the massive impact. And that hospital story is a perfect example because why are those hospitals not doing uh, non-essential non surgeries? Because of COVID, because yeah. of the fear that people have like instilled in every, everything and everyone. And people are too afraid to go to the hospital. So they're not getting diagnosed. They're not getting treated. They're not getting all sorts of things done. And as a result, people are dying by the truckload yeah. in so many different ways. And the sad thing is, this will only get worse. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just going to get out of hand yep. very quickly if you are not careful because these lockdowns are absolutely decimating. Yep. People's lives are, are kind of. So I, I will just say one line. You said you set a plug for like the five. Line. I'm mm -hmm. going to set a plug to um, if you have a chance, I recommend going go onto YouTube, look up uh, Fee. They're called the uh, Foundation for Economic Education. They just released a video called Who You Gonna Call? government or um or or uh, or ghostbusters it's funny but essentially what he does is he he basically in a video essay he's 25 minutes long totally worth watching but in this video essay he explains the true cost of lockdowns and how incredibly dangerous they are so if you want to have a, maybe like expose yourself to a little bit more of an idea of what the true cost of these things are mm -hmm. before you really get behind them you yeah. should watch that video because mm -hmm. he does a masterful job of explaining uh, why lockdowns are way more dangerous, way more costly, and way more, and they put way more lives at risk mm -hmm. yep. than COVID ever could. Yep, totally. So that's my that's my pitch. That's your pitch. That's your pitch. Okay. <laughs> so I know we've gone a long time. If you're still watching, if you're still listening, uh, we awesome. thank you for staying with us for this entire time. I know it can be difficult sometimes to hear Danny drone on and on, uh, but we all must I, make I love sacrifices. the tone of my voice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, this so much love to you. So much yeah. love to you. Thank you. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm just gonna. I'm trying to. I was trying to adjust the video sizes, but I'm just. Yeah, screw it.
this is not going well at all for me. <laughs> I'm just going to let it go. That's Let's always see. something. Um, oh, by the way, um, if you haven't gotten it yet, I definitely recommend getting yourself your own exemption card mm -hmm. because these things. So one of the things I, I actually got stopped by somebody at a store the other day because he was like, what did you use? And I'm like, I use my exemption card because it's so much easier to just show a, a, a store employee a card mm -hmm. than try to explain. Yeah. It's so much easier. So just if you haven't yet, go to Rebel, go to a, a massexemption.ca, get your own card. It's it's really the best way to avoid having yep. to be forced to wear a mask. Mm -hmm. Recommend it. Totally. All right. So uh, if you are watching on YouTube, please like, share, and subscribe. Um, if you are listening on any of our podcast platforms, please download our content and follow us. Um, hopefully, within the next week or so, Parlor will be back. Mm -hmm. uh, no guarantees of that, but we're really hoping for it. Of course, because that's where the majority of our follower base is. We have about 37,000 followers there. And I would like, and I'm sure Danny would like, for that work to not be for nothing. Yeah. I would like my follower base back because that'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> because without our parlor, our parlor base, our videos get like maybe four or five views. Mm -hmm. With our parlor base, we get 100 to 200 every every video yeah and of course with thirty-seven thousand followers if we post something we have three or four thousand people viewing it within 20 minutes mm -hmm. whereas we it's have 20 followers on facebook yeah so <laughs> we're really hoping yeah. parlor comes back and until then we're kind of just hoping and praying mm -hmm. so everybody who stayed with us until this entire time thank you very much I hope you have a great weekend. God bless.